Have you ever wondered where all of those gloves go that lost their mate? Well, they might have ended up at OXO's headquarters. Karen Schnellbar heads up branding for OXO, and her favorite part of the office is the wall of gloves. There's, I've never counted, but there's probably a couple of hundred up there, each with their own story to tell individually. But when you step back together and they're actually pinned up to the wall so beautifully, it almost feels like an art piece. It's still this visually beautiful statement that just reminds us of our origins and more importantly, of all of the hands out there that we continue to create tools to help and inspire and delight and make life a little bit easier. OXO creates better kitchen tools for all hands. Learn more at OXO.com. That's OXO.com. Hey, Proof listeners. We hope that you have enjoyed our very first season of Proof. And we're busy working away on season two just for you. So soon we're going to have a whole new batch of exciting food stories. And we're going to take deep dives into those intriguing food curiosities. So be on the lookout for all of that in the spring. Now, new episodes are going to roll out weekly on Thursdays. Here at America's Test Kitchen, we have a staff of over 50 professional cooks who develop recipes all day. So today, what does a test cook crave? My colleague Jack Bishop goes into the test kitchen to ask some of our test cooks, what are they craving and what do they do about it? So Jack, what did you find? I figured, why not talk to the experts, the people in our test kitchen, who are the most food-obsessed people I know. So I went into the kitchen and just started asking, what are your cravings and how do you deal with them? I'm here in the test kitchen chatting with my colleagues about food cravings. I'm Joe Gitter and I'm a test cook on the books team. Caramelized brioche. What do you want when you've got something that's really hot? Something cold, right? Ice cream. So ice cream and this go really well together. But of course, the ice cream's going to melt really quickly. So what you do is you get a banana, you thinly slice it, put it on top of the brioche, and that acts as an insulating layer. So you can then stack brioche, banana, ice cream, a little bit of peanut butter. I didn't see the peanut butter coming. (laughs) I know. I fill my cravings. I'm guilty of that. I can't fight them. My name is Russell Sealander. I'm an associate editor on the books team. I'm currently working on the burger book. And man, my cravings, they come on strong. Sometimes I just, I just have to fill them. I have cravings throughout the week for bolognese, believe it or not. I love bolognese pasta. Usually I'll, I'll dive into a, a cookbook. Chocolate, candy, sugar, around 3 o'clock. I'll actually watch uh, the Food Network of all things. At least four. At least four full burgers a day. I'm a test cook for Cooks Illustrated. Food cravings. I grew up in the Bay Area eating a lot of dim sum and noodles, and I can't quite find the same stuff here. I try to distract myself from it instead, because if it's not right, you're just going to be sad because you ate something and it wasn't quite what you wanted. You know, one of the funny things I thought was Russell, who's working on a burger book. And he still can't get enough beef, so he is craving bolognese. So is that a burger in a different form? You have your starch and your beef, but you have pasta and your beef sauce? Right, so his day is cooking burgers. He's probably about two-thirds of the way through a three-month stint of making burgers eight hours a day. <laughs> Smelling burgers. Right. Eating burgers. Hearing burgers. Hearing burgers. And yet, when I asked him about his food cravings, he basically talks about another form of burger, (laughs) bolognese sauce. 
Yeah, the other part of this that's really interesting is the strategies that people take to try to get away from the cravings. Uh, I know I have my own strategies, but uh, Jack, what do you do? I have a habit of reading all of my food magazines late at night in bed. Uh, and that's a substitute for food cravings because I'm, you know, first of all, I'm in bed. I'm nowhere near the kitchen, which is a good thing. And I've got, you know, my stimuli, um, all those pretty pictures, and I'm flagging things I might want to make. Um, but I find that I like to do that at late at night, you know, before I go to bed when I might think, oh, it's time for some ice cream. So that's why I took up knitting because you have to use two hands and you can't eat. So I'm, I'm making cozies for all my food. Okay. <laughs> if that works. <laughs> It actually kind of dovetails with, um, I did a little research, so I'm going to bring some science here. Okay. Um, There are two approaches that seem to be in vogue. I'm going to describe them both, and you're going to pick which one sounds more appealing to you. Okay. So the first one only involves mice at this point. Not interested at all. It involves shutting off the receptors that connect our taste buds to our sense of pleasure in our brain. So that basically you can taste salty and sour and umami, the things that are um, hardwired taste, but all those pleasure receptors, the emotional things, they've figured out how to turn that off so that mice don't derive any pleasure from their food. I thought you were saying that we had to think of mice and that would shut off any pleasure. And you were right. I started thinking of mice crawling all over my food and I, yeah, I wasn't hungry. See, I didn't think that was going to work because the idea of shutting off your pleasure sensors um, in order to control craving seems like a very bad solution to the problem. So there's a second body of research that I find more promising, at least personally. Uh, It's called cognitive interference. And the best study I saw came from the University of Plymouth in England. And what they found was that if they gave participants a smartphone and had them play Tetris, old school, but on your smartphone... Uh, that that could diminish all kinds of cravings, not just food cravings, but cravings for nicotine, for alcohol, and that cognitive interference, basically doing something visually stimulating that's fairly complicated for your brain, uh, will distract you from your cravings and reduce those cravings uh, because you're so immersed in the experience of trying to win Tetris. <laughs> Right, because so many different things are coming at you at the same time. You've got your hands on your on your cell phone, on your smartphone. You're you're seeing the the screen. There's active participation. You're not just watching something happening. You're making it happen, and you're hearing the music and you're seeing the lights. So it's coming from all around. It's kind of like my knitting, except for without music, unless I sing, which you don't want me to. Oh, all right. I've got a picture in my head, Bridget by the fire, knitting, singing. <laughs> Yes, and watch the children and the mice scatter. So maybe it's best if we give in to our cravings, at least on occasion. But the best way to kick your cravings, if that's really something you want to do, is to keep your hands busy and your mind busy. Distract yourself with something really entertaining, like our podcast. And thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Proof. Subscribe and check back for more. We're posting new content every couple of weeks. And don't forget to look out for season two of Proof, coming in the spring.